Hello, my name is Kelly Niebergall, and my pronouns are she and her. I live in Thousand Oaks. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two wild, amazing daughters, uh, ages four and six. And this is my reflection. When death came knocking on humanity's door, it was in the form of a tiny virus traveling on the gentle wisps of our exhaled breath. But death is a multifaceted thing. It took away more than bodies. It took away the life we all knew, a life so full and bursting at the seams. For me, I had built my life around coping mechanisms to stave off the shadows of mental illness. After the births of my two daughters, I suffered severe postpartum depression and anxiety. They latched onto my mind, twisting it into dark depths full of watery wells that I could not climb out of. I'd spent a year building new foundations beneath my bare feet. I had a therapist who I could trust, medication to keep me stable. I hired a babysitter for a couple hours a week to watch my youngest while my oldest was at school. I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I was even starting to be published. I had found my voice, found my rhythm, found my friends. I had even started the process of moving my parents to Thousand Oaks so that they could be closer to me and so that I could have that much more support in my life. And as we all know, then the pandemic hit. And as we all know, quarantine was imposed. And as we all know, we all lost something. I was no different. The biggest loss for me was the delicate coping mechanisms I had so carefully put in place in order to keep me mentally stable. So it was no wonder when exactly one year ago, I found myself in the emergency room experiencing a forceful panic attack. I was unable to breathe, unable to stop the tears from cascading down my face. My heart was pounding and I was convinced I was so dizzy that I would pass out at any moment. I left my daughters with my mother and my husband drove me to the ER. Because of COVID protocols, he could not go in the hospital with me. Because of COVID protocols, I had to wear a mask even though I couldn't breathe. Because of COVID protocols, I was left in a room by myself for over six hours. And as I sat alone with my tumbling thoughts that began to subside, it was then when I knew something had to shift. If I was going to survive this initiation, then I needed to start with recognizing what I needed. If I was to show up for my precious daughters and take care of this family during a global pandemic, then I would first need to take care of myself. And so I coped. I got back in touch with my therapist. I started a new medication to deal with the anxiety. I removed the pressure on myself to write to be published, and instead I wrote just to survive. I created a pod of family and friends who I trusted. I turned off the news, 
I meditated. I became more involved in chalice. I went to services. I joined a journal group. I joined the worship team. I stuck with my chalice circles. And I found so much more solace and connection in the voices of others who felt exactly the same as me. I think there's something to be said about grace during trials like these. I have to acknowledge that though I experienced loss, I didn't lose everything. I have much to be grateful and graceful for. My husband kept his job. We kept our home. We maintained our health. And my daughters persevered through distance learning and wearing masks at school. We were able to get through this time. And truthfully, we are still getting through this time. I have resilient tattooed on my wrist. There was a word for my life, this would be it. I am resilient from all of the epic trials, tribulations, and losses I've gone through in my one little life. And I am resilient from this pandemic. If you are here, you are resilient. Place a hand over your heart and take a deep breath with me and repeat, I am here. I am strong. I am resilient. And so it is. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Derek True and my story of the COVID-19 pandemic is about the journey from a life of fear, isolation, and loneliness to one of hope for the future. 2020 was certainly a difficult year. COVID seemed to start slow, but by late spring, the pandemic was going strong and starting to scare the daylights out of me. Much of the public discussion revolved around risks and the complications of health factors that increase the likelihood of bad outcomes, comorbidity. I was the poster child for comorbidity. I'm 73 years old. Years ago, my first cancer left me with a seriously compromised immune system. My second cancer is still with me, treatable but incurable, and I'm carrying more than a little extra poundage. If anyone was vulnerable to the new disease, I felt sure it was me. So I took all the recommendations from the CDC and others very seriously. For a year or more, I've been living pretty much like a hermit. My home is my cave. I rarely leave the house. I have my groceries and just about everything else delivered. Amazon is making a fortune off of me and millions of other shut-ins. The circle of friends and family that I see face-to-face -face has shrunk dramatically and is limited to only those who take COVID precautions as seriously as I. A mask is on my face whenever I leave the house, which is rare. After a few months of this stress, I developed physical effects to my mental health. I had bouts of shortness of breath. I felt anxiety that made it hard to concentrate and sleep became problematic. I was nervous as a cat all day. I consulted my Kaiser doctor and a psychiatrist prescribed medication, which thankfully brought some relief. But the isolation and loneliness still took their toll. 
Today, I'm glad to report I'm feeling better and have a new optimism about the future. I'm fully vaccinated and I'm confident that the COVID-19 pandemic will pass me by without ill effects. Though the pandemic appears to be on the run, we're still not out of the woods, but we seem to be on an upswing. And I'm looking forward joyously to my religious community opening up again in person services. The loneliness and depression are lifting, and I'm so happy to think of joining the choir again. Music is a major part of worship for me. It was what brought me to Chalice in the first place three years ago. To join with others and lift my voice in making something beautiful is genuinely a religious experience for me. It feeds my soul. Now at long last I can be with the people I love, touch and hug them, and not just be but do things with them. Chalice has sustained me through this difficult time and now will once again be a major part of my daily appreciation of life. COVID-19 was my challenge and that of us all. The gift it brought me was a much greater appreciation of those I love, family, friends, and the Chalice congregation. Life is good. Hello, my name is Ayana Gaines. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. The past year and a half has been what those of us on social media would call a dumpster fire. Between Donald Trump and COVID-19, things were a mess. And while the shenanigans of Donald Trump and his administration were stressful enough, it was COVID that hit me where I lived and took from me what I held to be precious. You see, before mid-March of 2020, my younger son Griffin spent weekends with me at my apartment while spending the week at his father's house. I cherished those weekends together. While we did have to wrestle with homework, we also did a lot of talking and hugging. I loved having him with me. But when Ventura County went into lockdown, his father told me that due to COVID, he did not want Griffin to spend the weekend with me anymore until the lockdown was lifted. He wanted Griffin to stay in one household to reduce the chances of him contracting the disease. My heart was broken. Of course, I wanted Griffin to stay healthy, but by this point in time, I was working exclusively from home and my employer was completely shut down. I was confused and hurt, but I wanted the best for Griffin, so I reluctantly agreed. After all, the pandemic would only last a few weeks, right? I could visit Griffin at his house in the backyard one day a week for a couple of hours at a time. We wore masks the whole period, except for when we were eating our lunches. We kept a distance of six feet and we couldn't hug. Imagine not being able to hug your own child. I left every visit with a palpable pain in my heart, wanting to cry. I had some respite in the form of his older brother, Duncan, whose university shut down the dorms. Duncan came down to live with me until September. We were our own little pod until he returned to Davis to live in an apartment and attend online classes. Once Duncan left, I was completely alone. Time passed. Griffin seemingly grew six inches overnight and his voice deepened. 
I marveled at how much my boy was growing up and how much of it I was missing. It was hard for me to learn how to be by myself in the silence. Without the regular presence of my coworkers and Griffin, I was in danger of falling into a deep slump. Depression and I are old friends. I've developed the mental and emotional toolbox needed for coping with it. The pandemic reminded me of this, as did my therapist, and I was able to use my tools to keep myself stable. I participated in online karaoke with friends from around the world. I took solace in my two cats, whom I asked my psychiatrist to authorize as my emotional support animals. I learned what was important to talk about with my boys. I started calling my mother almost every day, which I had never done before. I am stronger now. I'm a different person than I was before the pandemic. I've learned about the importance of self-care, of boundaries, of love. I would not go so far as to thank COVID for the hard lessons it taught me, but should the need arise for another lockdown, I feel like I won't be so alone. Thank you. Hi, my name is Aitana Sierra Valdez, and I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. I lost my strength when I was hospitalized from appendicitis. I lost relationships with friends and a loving partner. And last month, I took a different route home, and I drove past the high school. I said to my dad, hmm, this was a mistake. There are a lot of cars. And then I realized it was graduation, something I also lost and will never receive. College was also off to a pretty bad start. I had lost what it feels like to stand tall on dry land. For months, I was drowning. Then a year ago, after having been inactive from Chalice for a while, I attended my first virtual service. It was the Sunday service from GA 2020. And there was a beautiful hymn called Tomorrow. Something else I lost was the memory of several months due to a severe depression. But one thing I remember is sitting at my dining room table at 4 a.m. rewatching the hymn before going to bed. The words are simple and comforting. It goes, quote, there will be better days. Let the waves wash over me. I am already under, end quote. That hymn understood me better than I did. It was permission and surrender to live the circumstances that I had been protesting. Sometimes I discredit my own pain because I consider myself luckier than others. But I mean, I don't even recognize the person I was last year. The pain came with a lot of growth. A catalyst in my healing has been ministry. I have a lot of prayers and hymns saved onto my phone that I refer to as part of my spiritual practice. One day I stumbled across a Facebook post promoting a six-week young adult theology course. Wanting to connect with other UUs and out of curiosity, I signed up. 
We met on Monday nights and talked about the pillars of theology. It was respectful, engaging, and comforting to meet other young adults that ponder the great mystery. Our teacher shared a prayer from the Reverend Gretchen Haley, which is now my personal favorite. It's called, Surrender to This Life. It's a bit long, but my favorite line is, Purge the past, forgive the future, for each comes too soon. Surrender only to this life, this day, this hour. Through the theology course, I got to know Joe Chapeau, a co-founder of the Young Adult Revival Network, aka YARN. And ever since, I've been getting to know these young visionaries with a mission for community. They motivate me every day to learn and work hard. We uplift one another through euphoria and console during sorrow. These families that I've made with Chalice and young adults have inspired me to make Unitarian Universalism an active part of my life and not just an adjective. There's work I look forward to, changes I want to shape, and people I yearn to physically embrace. If there was anything that I could call God, it would be relationship. And I have felt alive again because of the connections I've made in the past few months. I open my eyes and the tide has fallen. I pat the warm sun holding me and squint up at the sun. Cool water prickles my skin. I'm on dry land again. I know that in the future, I may find myself underwater again. Even so, better days continue to lie ahead and I'm already living them. Thank you. Wow. That was quite something. Thank you each for returning to those uncomfortable places to share your vulnerability, your strength, and the gifts you found along the way. Thank you for sharing your stories. They reverberate profoundly within each of us watching this service. And think about it. These are the experiences of four regular people. I wonder how many others in this service today and how many across the world could share similar stories of difficulty, endurance, and resilience listening to and telling these stories can transform us. As you all resume a life less restricted by the virus, I invite you to share your story with others, perhaps in ways you haven't told it before, and to invite them to share their stories with you. Telling stories. May it help us move beyond this time of turmoil, anxiousness, and isolation. May it help to turn the, sh the shards of what was broken into something precious and powerful to share with the world.